Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast. My name is Blake Lambert-Hack, and this season I will be covering deaths and hauntings in Chicago with a different special guest every week. Before I introduce that guest, I have to make a quick correction from last week. Uh, I extensively talked about the Iroquois Theater, and as much as that is exactly how you pronounce that French word, Iroquois, it's based off of Native Americans and they go by Iroquois. So I'm not going to say I'm wrong, but <laughs> I'll make the correction. Iroquois spelled Iroquois because the French named him. But anyway, today I am joined by an amazing photographer in Chicago, an Alaska native and an overall wonderful person, James Murphy. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. How are you doing? I'm having a wonderful evening. Do you believe in ghosts? Let's start there. A hundred percent. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> How would you describe a ghost or what we believe is a ghost? Well, in my experience, ghosts are more like the, the paranormal activity kind of thing is how I find them manifesting. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so I always just kind of assumed that it was a uh, like a lost soul or lost spirit. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people would describe ghosts as lost in one way or another. Do you know much about Chicago ghosts? or I don't. No? I don't have an extensive history of Chicago ghosts. How long have you lived in Chicago? I've been here for seven years now. Okay. Nice. That's probably too long to have lived no. somewhere and not know all the ghost stories surrounding it, isn't it? No, I think that's a fair amount of time to now start to get into <laughs> learn about Chicago ghosts. Well, thank goodness that you have this podcast to teach me all about the exactly. Chicago ghosts. This is perfect. <laughs> well, are you ready for the sinking, and I use sinking loosely, but the sinking of the SS Eastland? Have you heard of that? I haven't, and I'm so ready. Okay, good. We're gonna, I'm gonna take you back to the date. It's July 24th, 1915. So we're going way back. Five Great Lakes steamers, and I do mean steamers, like these are not like boats we see on Chicago River today. These are like huge ships on the Chicago River. I don't know how they made it on there, but apparently that was a thing back then. But five, five of them, the Eastland, the Theodore Roosevelt, the Petoskey, Racine, and Rochester. Uh, not as classy as the Nina Pinto and the Santa Maria, <laughs> but... It's... They sound more like horse names. I feel like they should be racing <laughs> down the Chicago River. Absolutely. When I buy a horse, I'll name one of them <laughs> one of those boat names, ship names. <laughs> they were charted to take employees from Hawthorne Works, which was a company back then that produced telephone equipment. They were charting their employees to take them to a picnic in Michigan City, Indiana. And if you don't know, because who wants to visit Indiana? Michigan City isn't directly across Lake Michigan, but it's like a touch south. 
I've been to, to Michigan City. You have? There's the lighthouse there. See, I've never been... I mean, I've I've driven through Indiana, but I don't ever stop, so I don't know the area oh. very well. I was actually going there to go because the lighthouse in Michigan City, someone wanted to do a, a portrait session there. It's like, that's the only reason I know that that place exists. I love that. I believe... If you drove, it would be like an hour, I believe. But anyway... Uh, 6.30 a.m., passengers, the employees, begin to board between Clark and LaSalle. Uh, by 7.10, all 2,572 passengers were aboard the Eastland. Now remember, that's one of five ships that are going. So, But the Eastland itself has over 2,500 employees. Are all these ships from the same company? I don't know if they're all from the same company. The same company like bought all the ships to use to take them across. Okay. Yeah. So it's a big company. So they're all full of employees. Yeah. That's so many people to take right? to Michigan City. <laughs> exactly. I don't know what's in Michigan City, especially in 1915. They said they were going for a picnic, but I feel like you could do that anywhere. <laughs> you could just go to the lakefront in Chicago and exactly. have a picnic, right? So why Michigan City? I don't know. But maybe the lighthouse. It must have been, <laughs> it yeah. It must have been. Um, but by 710, all... 2,500 plus passengers were aboard the Eastland. So at 710, it, uh, it boarded. Um, and then by 728, it's already left the dock by now, but it, by 728, a number of passengers rushed the port side of the ship, either to say goodbye to people that they know, to look at something nobody really knows for sure. But uh, they all rushed to port side, causing the ship to like lurch. And then it rolled completely onto its port side, coming to rest on the river's bottom, which was only 20 feet below the surface, which is why I said it kind of sank. I mean, it sank. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's underneath the, the surface of the water. For right, sure. but the entire ship isn't underwater. It's like half of it on its side, resting on the bottom of the yeah. river, which is crazy. But also, how many of these people on this boat had friends waving them goodbye on their way to their company picnic? Like, how did 2,000 people run to the port side of the boat? You don't have thousands of friends waving you goodbye as you take a picnic in Indiana. That's not... That's not something that I have in my life, no. Me either, so I don't understand. (laughs) You're right. I don't know why they all ran to that side. Unfortunately, they did. Someone's pulling a prank. They're like, look over there. And they all just ran. And all 2,500? Well, I wouldn't say all of them. Okay, so I'll get to that in a minute. Oh my gosh, okay. Uh, So barely half of the vessel was submerged, but many were below deck because it was a cool and damp morning. Um, We're in July, so it's 7 a.m. It's still kind of dewy out. Yeah. Um, But hundreds of people were on... The lower levels and they became trapped inside the eastland after it turned over and kind of sank some were crushed by heavy furniture like bookcases or pianos when it rolled others became trapped below deck underwater and the ship had only sailed 20 feet before rolling a nearby vessel the kenosha pulled up next to the eastland to help people on board from the capsized ship so, out of 2,500, I would say, like, probably, I don't know, 500 were on the upper deck, probably, leaving 2,000 below. Okay. It's hard to describe a ship in the Chicago River, because we just don't see it any longer. 
I've actually I've photographed parties on the largest Chicago River boat, mm-hmm. and even that was like four hundred people. I can't imagine any ship with two thousand people on that right? river. The Chicago River is not that wide. So I can't imagine like walking and just like seeing this massive, basically like what would be a cruise ship back then. Yeah, it's also so long. You just doesn't even have to sail. You can just walk it to (laughs) Michigan City. And there's five of them. Oh my goodness, crazy. Okay, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about the history of that ship, the Eastland. It was a passenger ship based in Chicago, used for tours. It first launched May sixth, nineteen o three. May 6th is my birthday, so maybe I have a little... (laughs) Happy birthday, May 6th. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, It was launched May 6th, but their maiden voyage was July 16th of the same year, so not that long after. It was called the Speed Queen of the Great Lakes. But yeah, I don't know uh, if that's a great name. We kind of talked last episode because the theater that we talked about was called Fireproof. Oh... And then the Titanic's called Unsinkable. Mm-hmm. And this one's called The Speed Queen. So I don't know, giving things names like that, it seems like it's bad or like. They're destined, being set up for failure for sure. Destined for failure for yeah. sure. Um, Speed Queen of the Great Lakes, though. Uh, 1903, the Eastland ran into and sank the tugboat George W. Gardner. So we're starting off great with this shit. wait so before this even capsized it yeah so destroyed another boat yes so that was 1915 when it capsized this is 1903 the first year it's active uh-huh and it's already sunk a tugboat was this like a vicious attack on the tugboat or was this an, an accident i mean it was an accident but this ship has killed many people so i wouldn't say that the ship itself is cursed and did it maybe this ship is a ghost ship well this took a turn already i know (laughs) (laughs) before the people even die it's already a ghost ship (laughs) exactly that's what i'm saying i wonder if people died in building it you know that's always like a main oh yeah concern when massive things back then were being built or like where did the steel come from is the steel haunted is that what you make a ship with i'm gonna say yes fantastic Steel. Sure. One of the two. <laughs> uh, later that year, during a trip from Chicago to South Haven, Michigan, six firemen refused to stoke the fire for the ship's boiler because they didn't get their potatoes. They got paid in potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I take my potato consumption very seriously, so I don't really blame them for being like, mm-hmm. if I'm not getting fed, stoke your own fire. Oh, for sure. Like, you can get your own ship across the lake if you're not going to feed us. But, like, only potatoes, that kind of sucks. Oh, yeah. I would want a steak with that, at least. Or some broccoli. Something. Just Something All else. green and potatoes yeah. would be great. Maybe they got, like, the, the greens for unloading the ship, and the potatoes were paid for stoking that fire. That would be... That's a good deal. Force them. You don't get your greens till after you make it across the lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they, did, they stopped stoking it because they didn't get their potatoes. Uh, the captain had the seamen arrested at gunpoint. So it's already wild on this Oh my ship, goodness. Uh, which only left two men stoking the fire till they reached their destination. Wait, they got arrested for not working? Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't really know the laws of the sea, and I am going to call Lake Michigan the sea. <laughs> but maybe it's different <laughs> on land. 
Okay. But yeah, they were. So then, is the Chicago River still the sea? I'm if it's say connected yes. to Lake Michigan, which we've determined is a sea. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't don't the Great Lakes go to the ocean somehow? Isn't there some kind of river that leads to? Oh yeah, I guess you're right. It's got. It's like a right? long way to go though. Yes. I didn't realize we were, lived in an ocean town. This is great. Seaside town for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this ship uh, finally made it across. But yeah, they we're already having problems the first year that it's been sailing. I don't know if that's a sign that they should be keeping an eye out. I don't know. But uh, after the first season, the Jenks Ship Building Company, who built the ship, modified the ship because it was too slow. And couldn't load in the Black River, which is in South Haven, Michigan, uh, because the draft was too deep. The modifications added speed and reduced the draft, but also reduced the stability. So, I don't know if that's the best idea then. If you're like, okay, good, we can get. At this point, to me, they're giving tours, so I don't know why they needed to be faster. But okay, great, you're faster, but your stability is awful now. Yeah, well, I don't know. When I ride a, a boat or take like a, a tour or something, I want a thrill ride out of it. I'm not just in it for the views. I want to go fast. I want to feel the wind in my hair. I want to stand on the front of that ship and I want to say I'm king of the world or whatever the Titanic quote is. No, is that... I'm going to say yeah. Okay, that's... fantastic. Nailed it. Uh, I 100% agree. What is it called? The speed dog? Is that what it's called? In uh, Navy Pier, you can get on the speed dog. Oh, Yeah. I still haven't done it for some reason, but I want to. No, I've, I've never. But it looks like fun. It looks like fun. It goes fast. That's all I really care yeah. about from a boat. Or a ship, excuse a ship. me. That's I don't right. want to offend anybody. At what point does a ship become a boat, or vice versa? You know, we call tugboats tugboats, even though they're pretty big. You know what? I'm going to have all the listeners do their own research <laughs> and come to their own conclusions about the difference Sounds between good. a boat and a ship. Before we just make up our own definition mm-hmm. and state it as fact. I'm all about stating things as fact, even if I don't really know if they're fact or not. But this one's on them. Okay. I've done enough research. This is on them. <laughs> the plus side of the ship, though, it being faster, is that it won a race. Which probably gave it its name, the Speed Queen. But it won a race, which is something, I guess. At what point were the tour boats racing each other? <laughs> and why doesn't it still happen? That's the, that is the golden question. Why does it not still happen? Also, when is the Speed Queen going to be on RuPaul? Wow, that is, welcome to the stage, Speed Queen. Oh my gosh, can you imagine how fast that, that drag queen could change costumes? Change costumes, the speed at which her lips move. Oh my gosh. Lip syncing. Just all of it. Oh, yeah. Just. <laughs> but what I wrote here is that apparently you don't need stability to win races, which. Oh, you just got to get there. Yes. You just got to go fast. Yeah. I mean, if we look at Olympians, I don't know how much of them are mentally stable, but they win gold medals. Yeah. And as soon as they cross that finish line, they crash and burn. Like they fall right over sometimes. In high school, <laughs> I was in track and field in high school, and there was always this girl who won every single time she ran she won every race and then immediately ran to the bathroom and threw up oh that's dedication i looked at that and i was like i don't it's just not worth it to me i love sports i'm good at sports but throwing up after every race is just not worth it no maybe not i felt bad for her 
Although, how many gold medals did she get? Or ribbons? What do you get in track and field in high school? Trophies? A pat on the back? I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it's a pat on the back, actually. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> um, so we're in July 1904, so it's still within... It's still within the year of it, you know, its first voyage, uh, and nearly capsized with 3,000 passengers on it. So another red flag, throw that out there. Because of the incident, they lowered the passenger size to 2,500. Great. I don't think any ship needs 3,000 people on it in the Great Lakes. No. I think that's obscene. But good, you're taking at least one step which is more I can say about other disasters we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, cabins were removed, lifeboats were added, and the hull, the hull of the boat was hull of the ship was repaired. So we're taking some steps. So yeah. I can't blame them there. Eventually, the ship was sold and switched hands to many different companies. And through those, I think it was ten years, they had minor modifications like. A smokestack was removed. I think it had three originally, but now it has two. Um, And minor incidents also happened, but nothing major for people to freak out, apparently. A sinking of a tugboat, almost capsizing with 3,000 people on board. I mean, I think that's something to... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the public was just excited to see what happened next. You know what? That is an excellent point, and I agree. They just said... We're not going to sue. We're not going to bring this to the news. We didn't die, so we're just interested to see yeah. the next exciting. You want to race? It's mm-hmm. exciting times in 1904, 1903-1904. And again, that's funny because the first episode, the fire, happened in 1903 as well. So 1903 oh. is just a grand year for Chicago. Huh. Uh, but because of the t- Titanic disaster in 1912, the Siemens Act was past requiring every ship to have lifeboat lifeboats so each ship that didn't have enough lifeboats had to be retrofitted with a complete set 11 lifeboats 37 life rafts and a knife and enough life jackets for all were added to the eastland thank goodness Thank goodness. <laughs> Better late than never, I guess. <laughs> Why were there not lifeboats? <laughs> I think there were a couple lifeboats and maybe some life jackets mm-hmm. in a bucket or something in the corner. But <laughs> One single bucket. Exactly. <laughs> At the same time, though, I guess in the Chicago River, what's a lifeboat going to really do? Yeah, in the Chicago River, absolutely. It's not that deep. I mean, rivers are kind of dangerous because of the current, but it's not. it's only 20 feet deep. If you were oh, really? desperate, oh. you could swim it. We love safety. We do love safety. Safety first. Eastland was already top-heavy, which is why there was a limit on passengers. The ship was so packed that the ones who couldn't get below deck, like they couldn't get a below deck spot, were forced to stand on the upper decks, which threw the ship off balance. The crew attempted to stabilize the ship, flooding their tanks kind of how we see in titanic um but it didn't help kind of like we see in titanic (laughs) anywhere from 844 passengers to 1200 passengers died oh my goodness nearby establishments were used as makeshift morgues 
And the last known survivor of the disaster died in 2014 at the age of 102. But that's a lot of people to have passed away from a half sinking in the Chicago River. Yes. And how sad that it was at a work event, too. That is sad. This is even leisure. Yeah, that... I mean, it's leisure in the sense that, okay, whoopee, you're going to a picnic in Indiana, mm-hmm. but... But a picnic on your best behavior. Yes. And I can't remember any picnic in my life where I was on my best behavior that I actually enjoyed. A hundred percent. What's the point, then? Picnics are meant to get drunk and be it whatever kind of behavior you want to be in. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Don't go to work picnics, people. That's just not worth it. <laughs> no. Especially then, not if there's a chance that, that you could you could die on the way. That, if there's a chance you could die on your any kind of work... Like, what is that TV show where they're fishing? It's like the most dangerous job in the world or something like that. Oh, um, they're crabbing. Uh, yeah, in the ocean. What? That's filmed up in Alaska. I should know what this is called. <laughs> um... I really don't. But you know, you get the yeah. idea. Like, that's too much. I don't need to die at work. No. For minimum no. wage? No. Oh, I don't think they could pay minimum wage. You're they right. They could pay a lot of money to do that job. You're right. Still not worth it. No. It'd, it'd be, like, so rainy and cold out on that ship. Yeah. I mean, I I've never been to Alaska, unfortunately. One day I'll get You have there. to go. It's absolutely magnificent. I want to. But I want to see, like, whales off the shore, and I want to... It's gorgeous. Oh yeah, my favorite dogs are uh, Alaska Malamutes. So oh, and there are a lot of those up there. I just oh, you want have to, be, to go like tackled by a litter of Alaska Malamutes. Wow, that's a really specific fantasy, and I I really hope that happens in your life Thank at some you point. So much. <laughs> Huskies can stay away. Huskies are great, but I like the f- the fluffiness and the mm-hmm. bigger build of Alaska Malamutes. But anyway. I won't get too much into my dog dreams. Uh, um, also another podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a witness who, lucky for him, is also a writer at the time, Jack Woodfur, he's uh, quoted saying, and then movement caught my eye. I looked across the river. As I watched in disoriented stupefaction, a steamer large as an ocean liner slowly turned over on its side as though it were a whale taking a nap. I didn't believe a huge steamer had done this before my eyes. Lashed to a dock in a perfectly calm water, in excellent weather, with no explosion, no fire, nothing. I thought I had gone crazy. Which is true. You see this giant steamship on the river, you're having your coffee or whatever on the side, and all of a sudden, it just like, and like yeah. rolls over and. And he said it went slowly too. Like that's even sillier. It's like <laughs> a, a big, huge ship in slow motion, tipping over, going twenty feet after it left the dock. Yeah, that's camp. It'd be something hard to witness too, because like there's nothing you can do to stop that. No, you can't help anybody at that no. point. No, you're just standing there like I oh. And you probably can't look away either. No. You've got to stare right at it as it happens. Like he said, it's like disbelief. Yeah. Because usually when you think of disasters like this, like the first episode with the fire, there's a giant fire, or there's an explosion, like he said, or something, a boat running into it, something needs to happen for it to 
sink or fall over but Mm -hmm. no it really just enough people ran to the side (laughs) though that's the theory nobody knows for sure why what the initial cause of it rolling over is but yeah that would be awful i don't know what i would do i mean like you said there's something you can do yeah that's where that's where anxiety or anxiousness comes in where you're like oh my god i don't please yeah (laughs) please don't die you just start screaming on the side of the river just yelling at the top of your lungs it's not helping anyone god uh the president and three officers of the company were indicted for manslaughter and the captain and engineer for criminal carelessness oh but no one was convicted oh my goodness which is bullshit because they did something wrong whether you want to believe it or not some someone didn't do something right same with like the Su- the evergreen the Suez canal there's no way some wind pushed a ship as big as the empire state building into the side of the canal there's yeah cast- someone knew there was wind and chose to go down the canal anyway yeah there, it's human error in some way shape or another and i'm guarantee that's what happened here too it's like there's no way that's i don't know i mean there were a bunch of red flags leading up to this anyway Mm -hmm. like you know it's top heavy you know there's like they brought it down to 2500 people and they're boarding more than 2500 people on it so that's a problem (laughs) well at this point do you blame the the people who are running the boat or do you blame the people who made the boat faster and less stable both all of the above (laughs) all the above but like how chicago that they all got off right a hundred (laughs) percent convicts we love it (laughs) we do love convicts here in the city don't we uh the largest loss of life from a single shipwreck on the great lakes was this disaster the eastland disaster well i hope so i hope there aren't a lot of large shipwrecks on any of the great lakes so i do think there are i mean there's a decent amount of sunken ships in lake michigan or the great lakes but i think most of them are like cargo or things like that what i found fascinating is that the great or lake michigan itself it's not the deepest of the great lakes but the lake michigan is at least 500 feet deep oh wow which is insane that's actually much deeper than i thought yeah i've been fishing on the great lake on lake michigan before like uh, line fishing off the back of a boat and once you get far enough in, it does feel very oceany, because you can't really see land, or you can see land one direction. It's wild. I don't know. That's really cool. People though. don't think of lakes as being. I mean, the Mediterranean Sea is big, but it's a sea. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, they're called the Great Lakes for a reason, I guess. But did you catch fish when you were out there? We did. We caught uh, a ton of trout. And a couple other different uh, species, breeds, whatever they're called. The Deadliest Catch. That's what the TV show is. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We were not doing the Deadliest Catch on Great, uh, on Lake Michigan. I don't know, 500 feet deep, that could get pretty, (laughs) pretty dicey. It started raining though when we were there and we had to like stop the boat and like wait for the rain to really be over because the waves can get like big out there. Uh, I'm not a fisherman. I'm not a big fan of fishing, but 
that day was fun and we got to take them home and someone gutted them we got to eat fish awesome so i'm in what a successful day seafood is my favorite food so i'm anytime someone's like you have a chance of eating fish i'm like okay i'm there <laughs> sure excellent oh uh, but yeah i'm glad no other large disasters have happened on the great lakes <laughs> After the disaster, the Eastland was sold to the Navy. After modifications and restorations, the ship was redesigned as a gunboat named USS Wilmette, which I think is interesting. It was primarily a training vessel, though, and uh, after World War II, it was scrapped, which is probably a good Yeah. The Chicago Looking Glass Theater, which I'm sure you've heard of. I've seen several shows there. Great theater. They produced an original musical about the disaster. Moby Dick? No. (laughs) (laughs) What was it called? Eastland. Was it really? Yeah. It was a, they did a whole musical about this specific disaster. That's trippy. When did they produce that? I'm going to look it up because I can't imagine it. It's got to have been after someone did Titanic musical, right? Oh, do you think so? Or what if it was the original Titanic the Musical? I'd be even more impressed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never heard of it, though. Like, I'm surprised. Like, I've never heard of the musical that they did. A new musical, Looking Glass Theater Company. 2012. No way! That was so recently. Huh. That was, like, when you and I... That was like the year you and I both kind of moved. Oh, you moved after that. Yeah, I would have gotten here just a couple years after that. Gotcha. They should bring it back, honestly. Let's do it. That should be the first show they do post-COVID. I want to see a revival of Eastland, the musical. You hear that, Looking Glass? We want revivals of Eastland. Before we get into the hauntings, because of course we're here for the hauntings. Yes, we are. We're going to take a short break. So book a cruise cancel your trip to indiana (laughs) and keep an eye out for ghost ships we'll be right back some ghosts oh yes ghosts are my favorite anyway haunting the eastland was turned right side up which is good (laughs) i mean they had to to sell it i guess Uh, but they turned the eastland right side up and rigged it to the nearest bridge which was halstead we cross these bridges all the time and i think it's so wild that like over a hundred years ago there's a giant ship that sank it's just wild to think in that, like, history. I, I love history, so, like, that stuff is... I'm standing right where a disaster happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is uh, not something I've ever thought as I've walked trust any of those bridges. But now I will. You've definitely changed the way I see <laughs> the Chicago River. Well, we're doing a lot of these research, or a lot of this research. I'm, like, looking at where it happened in Chicago and, like, looking at maps and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm there all the time. That's like a coffee shop now or whatever the case may be. Starting that night, people would pass by on the bridge and hear moans and groans. Were there... Did they take the people out of the 
the ship? Excellent question. I really hope they did. But the, I don't know. There's no guarantees, I guess. Okay. That's a lot of people to get out of that boat. You can't. You can't tell me that you got all two thousand five hundred and seventy what six out, and then you pulled the ship upright, and we're like, okay, we're good now. There had to be at least one person in there. And I bet they had a large lung capacity to just yell, just moan as just loud as they. Yeah, for sure. But starting that night, yeah, people would hear moaning and groaning passing the bridge. Captain Edwards, who was tasked to guard the ship that night or multiple nights after, uh, he was tasked to guard the ship from people wanting to blow it up because people were so, you know, it's like that mentality of like, this is this is like a cursed ship. This is awful. We need to get rid of it, like destroy it. His task was like to make sure people didn't sneak on the ship and like blow it up. Oh my goodness. Or just sneak, I don't know, like angsty teens or something so they weren't on the ship. But mm-hmm. he claimed he never saw a ghost but heard plenty of queer sounds. You and I know that well. But he heard many of queer sounds but he chalked it up to like natural sounds of the ship in water. Okay. Though he would occasionally take a lantern and walk the ship. Every so often. Late at night, that, like, I mean, ships make weird noises. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But I think you would be able to tell the difference between a ship, you know, the metal or whatever, or the waves crashing against the ship, and a moaning and a groaning. Mm-hmm. I'd hope you could tell the difference. But he claims there were no ghosts on it. How much did the ghosts pay him to say that, though? That is the real question. Like, these ghosts just inherited this awesome ship. They're not just going to give it up easily. No. No, exactly. They definitely want to keep that to themselves. They don't want anybody blowing it up because that's their home now. Yeah. It's where they live. That's right. This is something we talk about kind of, I talk about kind of frequently, is that do you believe ghosts haunt the space that they died or, like, the ship that they died on, you know? Are they haunting the ground or the place? Oh, that's an interesting question. I've always kind of thought that the uh, the ghosts were, were kind of haunting the, uh, the energy of a space. So they were maybe like drawn to certain areas, either the place they died or um, the item they died with because of the energy of, right, right. of that. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the ship left, you would say some ghosts may go with the ship and some ghosts may hang out in the river. Oh, yeah. I mean, 100% if there's a a little boy on that boat who loved playing with boats, he just, this ghost boy just inherited a huge ship. It's his dream. Yeah, he's going to run and play all over that ship. The rest of his life. Yeah. His ghost life. Yes. I don't blame him. I hang with the ship as well i don't want to tread water that my entire rally no but some ghosts might some ghosts might just want to tread that water some ghosts love to swim and i don't blame them either the ship isn't the only i mean he claimed that there were no hauntings on the ship but because it's 1915 hospitals and morgues and stuff weren't really equipped for a tragedy that big so a lot of the nearby buildings became morgues. And we kind of talked about this in the first episode as well, but the fire in 1903, nearby structures became morgues for hundreds and thousands of people. Uh, 
So a lot of the buildings nearby are allegedly haunted. Like the Reed Murdoch building, it's like known, like the most common thing is furniture moving by itself. So imagine working in that space and just like a chair is this by and you're like, okay, as I was saying, like you just completely ignore it because it's... Because it's so commonplace. Yeah. It just happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Who moved my stapler? Oh, the ghost in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would... I guess that'd be fine though. If no one's causing any harm, I'd be fine working with a ghost in the building, moving furniture. So I, as long as they don't pull like pull a chair out from when I'm gonna sit, right? Cool. But also, if they're taking your stapler, or, like moving your stapler, that would get a little annoying. You're right. You're right. I think I think you just have to set ground rules with whatever ghost is inhabiting the space. Absolutely. And maybe not even ground rules because I don't know that ghosts necessarily adhere to rules, which is like friendly guidelines like yeah. hang out be chill but don't take my stapler i will not call in someone to dispose of you as a ghost if you don't take my stapler yeah it's the same with spiders as long as they stay in the corners of the room and eat the bugs do it but like when you're in my bed no please don't that is my number one i hate spiders so much i i don't want to say i'm scared of spiders because i wouldn't classify it as a fear but I have been bitten by spiders several times, and I don't fuck with spiders. I just don't. I am perfectly fine with them minding their own fucking business, mm-hmm. like you said, in the corners, doing their thing. COVID distance. Stay your six feet apart. Yeah. Do your thing. We won't have a problem. Mm-hmm. I will not step on you. I will not get someone to sweep you outside. Stay yeah. away. Yeah, there was one spider living in my kitchen for the longest time. I feel like it was like six weeks so chill always in the corner right by the door we were great friends and then one day i walked into the the kitchen and the spider was hanging from the light in the middle of the room right where my head is i almost walked into it and that was when they got evicted you can't be here anymore because now they do not pay rent get them out that's right yeah anyway ghosts are the same it's the same rule of thumb stay your six feet away Mm. and we're good yeah we're fine so that's the Reed Murdoch building. You know Harpo Studios, Oprah's? Mm-hmm. So Oprah used to work in Chicago, as most people know. And the building that Harpo Studios took over, it used to be uh, the second regimental armory. And they used that armory for bodies after the Eastland disaster. Obviously, Harpo Studios wasn't around in 1915, but when it did take over the building, many claimed that that building was also haunted. Understandable. Oh, yeah. But there was a gray lady that wandered the halls of Harpo Studios. She wears a vintage dress and a hat and can be seen on security cameras floating down halls. Whoa. Which... Again, like you said, if we're keeping distance, cool. Oprah can do her show. You can haunt the mm-hmm. hall and the guests that come visit, but... That's got to be the luckiest ghost, though. To get to watch Oprah Winfrey tape her TV show every day? I would not want anything else. No. Not <laughs> at all. But Where, that's... Are these uh, security camera videos on like YouTube or something? I love watching this stuff. That's a good question. I want... I don't think I saw any specifically, but security guards have said that they've like seen them on security footage. Okay. But the, she's not the only one that haunts that building. Apparently, there's you can hear children laughing. 
which is always the creepiest thing for ghosts. Uh, whispers, which is common ghost lure. Mm-hmm. Um, and sobbing in a bathroom stall. Oh. Which is kind of sad. That's super sad. Uh, you can hear door slamming. Footsteps. Screams for help. And phantom music. Phantom of the opera? I mean, it is a, a, a television studio. Yeah, maybe we... that's just Oprah's favorite musical. And mm-hmm. She just plays it. She loves the Weber. She loves yeah. that word Weber. Oprah and I have that in common. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, no wonder Oprah peaced out from that building after a while. Because of the hauntings. Because of the hauntings. No other reason. And that's fact. <laughs> that's a confident fact right there. <laughs> uh, pata- uh, other hauntings, pedestrians walking by the sinking, like the site, have heard splashing, sometimes followed by screams. I mean, this is a city, and you can hear many people screaming at random times, but... But followed by a splash. That. That's suspicious. That's suspicious. What's more suspicious is that people have also seen reflections of faces with lifeless eyes in the water. Okay, that's terrifying. It. I would not be swimming ever again if I saw that. I don't think I could do that. No, I'm not sure I would swim the Chicago River to begin with, but I might kayak, and I would not enjoy coming across a, a face with lifeless no. eyes. You're right. Kayaking in the river is something I it's definitely on my list to do. But if I'm seeing, like they said, like they the ghosts seem to float to the surface, and then when you see them, they kind of like disappear. So in a kayak, that's too close for comfort. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I wonder if the ghosts get annoyed when they turn the water green for St. Patrick's Day. Do you think the ghosts get turned green as well? They have to, right? Yeah, that's how facts work. The ghosts have to get dyed green when the Chicago River gets dyed green. They must be the most uh, festive St. Patrick's partiers. Yes. So when you see the river kind of dissipating its green color, but you still see kind of like some blobs of green in the river, those are the ghosts. It has to be. It has to be. There's no other explanation. No. Okay, now, do you have any final thoughts about this entire disaster haunting tragedy again over almost around a thousand people died yeah that's just insane that is a lot of haunting potential right there to begin with a lot i'm still honestly just in shock that this was allowed to happen like the ship was so unsafe from the get-go yeah and then it uh, it fulfilled its destiny and, and killed all these people i guess it's destiny that's the best way of putting it which uh yeah then these people continued the destiny of this this ship to continue haunting the, the city in that area. That's true. They never got their picnic. Maybe that's all it'll take. If we go down to these haunted spots and offer them a picnic. James, let's let's whenever City Winery opens again, yes. We'll have a picnic, drink some wine on the river. Yeah. And maybe they'll stop haunting. Oh my gosh. This is a great idea. We First of all, I really solve. want to have a picnic with you on the Chicago River, so that's been decided. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and if we can save the city from a haunting at the same time. That's only a plus. Mm-hmm. Cherry on top. Absolutely. absolutely. 
Oh my God. Would you ever spend the night on a haunted ship? Oh, okay. That's a hard one. Um, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. But I would be terrified every second I was there. Fair. As you probably should be. Um, cause I kind of think of the Queen Mary, which is in, it's docked in LA. Mm-hmm. You can spend the night on the Queen Mary and it's massively haunted. And I kind of really want to do that. Yeah, it also, I think, depends on the who you're with. Yes. And going with the mindset of I'm going to see a ghost versus happenstance. Yeah. You know those like people who travel around the world, or travel at least in the U.S., to like go to haunted places hoping that they'll see a ghost? Versus accidentally checking into a hotel and being like, I didn't know this place was haunted. What do you yeah. mean there's a ghost in the girl next door? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean that that creature with the, the black eyes with, that was staring at me all night? That was a ghost? I had no idea. Why did you was... tell me? <laughs> did I pay extra for that? <laughs> do you have yourself, have, do you have any ghost experiences? I have a, a few a few things that I can only assume were because of, of a ghost right. interaction type deal. Um, especially just like even in this apartment, uh, it's changed over the years. I have lived in this apartment for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the first few years, there was definitely something here. There were footsteps that would come and like, st- you could hear, cause you can hear when people walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These floors are so creaky. I mean, it's an older building for sure. It yeah. is. Yeah. But you could hear like footsteps come down the hall and kind of like stop right outside my door. This is my door right here. And it would, it happened very frequently like the first couple of years and then honestly at one point i just started like talking yeah. to the ghost being like hey please don't walk while i'm asleep like when i'm in bed when the lights are out when i've turned off my music just don't do it yeah um and i don't want to say that helped but <laughs> it, i think it did yeah it did really help although lately as i walk down this hallway it's something about this hallway is what's yeah. going on um there'll be just like a shadow in the corner and it literally i'll stop i'll look back and there's no shadow there's no change in the light but sure enough it's happened on multiple occasions where i walk down the hallway and then there's this deep shadow in the corner but none of that like that's all so chill the one thing that really did stand out yeah in my life it was in scotland oh my god the amount of <laughs> right yeah. like already here yeah. we go um and not only that it was at a castle in scotland good um, As it should be. It was the uh, the Stirling Castle. Okay. Uh, right outside the uh, the chapel where Mary, Queen of Scots, was coronated. Okay. And I'm sure someone was beheaded very close to there because they loved beheadings. Yes. Um, and this is the best part. Not only was this behind the chapel in a castle, it was the graveyard. <laughs> and I was, uh, I was on a... A children's choir trip. So I'm Good. probably 11 years old. <laughs> um, and for some reason, I was chilling in this uh, this graveyard by myself, like right before the show or just after the show. Um, I think it was after the show, yeah. And everyone else was changing. But I, uh, I went and like, just sat down. And there were all of these just like orbs around me. It was the weirdest thing. Um, and they were like just stationary in space enough like they they were there and i could like turn around and like kind of see them but like not anything i could actually like grab onto or focus on yeah um 
And after these came, I was just filled with like this overwhelming sense of, of emotion. And, and then someone walked out of the chapel and it all stopped. Huh. And it, I was just like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. What's going on? Um, it was the, the most intense thing that I've probably ever experienced. That sounds really, yeah. That's... And it took me years to even like cope with the fact that like remembering that. Yeah. Uh, because it was just like a lot. Especially that young, you kind of, when things that intense, you kind of just put it out of your mind because you can't explain it. Yeah. So you're just like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know what that was. I'm going to move on with my day. Yeah. And like at no point when I was sitting there, did I think like, this is a ghost or like, right. this is like a, a spirit or something. I was like, just what, like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then looking back, like, oh my God, graveyard, Scotland, chapel. A hundred percent. That was a fucking ghost. A hundred percent. That's so funny that you mentioned Scotland because I have, ah, my phone. I have a listener's email of their haunting and it's kind of two part two different hauntings that they've had but one of them is from edinburgh scotland no way okay this is this is meant to be so here you go first haunting while staying in edinburgh scotland i was staying in an old chateau while checking in going to our room this was a bnb i was unpacking and suddenly this happened my sister and I were alone in a very large bedroom when suddenly a white sphere came <gasps> through the wall oh from the corridor through our room and exited out the front wall of the mansion. It lingered a bit in front of the fireplace, then left rather quickly. I looked over at my sister and we sat silently and said, tell me you saw that too. And thankfully she did. Oh my goodness. So it's almost exactly what you were talking That's about. That's like so similar. <laughs> yeah. That's terrifying. Wow. So is it make at least a little comforting to know you're not the only person who saw floating spheres in Scotland? Oh, 100%. Yes. <laughs> and then her second uh, story, the Canton Theater, which is now over 100 years old in the heart of Canton, Georgia, has at least two ghosts that we know of. I've had many encounters over the years, but the one that sticks out most is when our theater company was in the theater was in the theater during a live show. Everyone was on stage at the time. I had to cross upstage behind the upstage curtain to get a prop that I was going to bring on in the next song. Mind you, there were 25 people in the show and many more in the audience. As I crossed behind the curtain, there's a gap between the upstage curtain and the wall where the prop was. The gap is where the side curtains or legs hang. As I glanced to my right, I saw a tall man with a flat brimmed hat on, uh, dressed in all white, watching the show from off stage behind the proscenium curtain. I ran to get around the wall, fetched the prop, and with one eye looked at where the gentleman had been watching us. Of course, that's exactly the spot where I had to enter. <laughs> As soon as I looked his way, he vanished. <gasps> Needless to say, I didn't go to my entrance until I absolutely had to. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And this is from Cheryl. Uh, that, like, I've seen my own person from a distance type of deal. So I know what that's like. And that is absolutely 
it's not a terrifying feeling, but it's one of like, you don't belong here. What's going on? <laughs> so I can't. I know, theaters are notorious for hauntings. Oh know? yeah. I don't know why. Cause I don't know how many people are actually dying in theaters. Well, I think like especially older theaters back in the day, there were a lot of deaths. True. Like heart attacks or things like that, or even like stagehands when oh yeah, when like 100%. they there were like lots of falls and like like Spider Man even a few years ago. You're right. You're absolutely right. Multiple Spider Men. Yeah. Right. I think at least at one. least one. <laughs> Sorry, Spider Man. Uh. So yeah, thanks for joining me, James. Absolutely. Thank you for for this. <laughs> This adventure, and thank you for this education. I had no idea we had so many hauntings here in Chicago, and I had no idea that there was such a large accident in the Chicago River. I didn't even know that was possible. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now like it's kind of fun. Now that you hear this, you can walk. I mean, I don't know how often you're in the loop, but when we take our picnic, when we go for our picnic, we can look for the spot and hopefully, I don't want to say hopefully, but maybe we'll see splashing and screams in the water yeah i mean i'm down the loop actually fairly frequently so i will be going to okay, this area good and looking for ghosts now halstead bridge keep a lookout i will for a ghost ship I'll bring a lantern just in case exactly <laughs> you can follow the podcast on twitter and instagram at haunted hometowns and please email me your ghost stories at haunted hometowns podcast at gmail.com I can't wait to read more personal experiences. They're my favorite. Could be anything from the noise of a pin drop while you're visiting a ghost town or some unknown force pushing you down the stairs when you're trying to tie your shoes or something. Anything you have, send it my way. I want to hear about it. And let us know, James, where they can follow you. You can follow my uh, my photography company, Trainman Photography, on Instagram at Trainman Photography. Also, my personal Instagram page, uh, AK Trainman, uh, and then on on Facebook as well. I'm curious to know why is it Trainman? I think I've always asked wanted to ask you that, and I just haven't. I used to work on the Alaska Railroad. I didn't know that. Yeah, I used to work in the dining car of the Alaska Railroad. It was one of the best jobs I've ever had. Um, and when I say best, like, it was just absolutely the most ridiculous, r- absolutely the most ridiculous. The shifts were, like, 18 hours long. Uh, there were, like, multiple nights that I had to sleep in my car in the train yard because I didn't have enough time to drive home after the tr- train got in before I had to be back on the train in the next morning. Uh, but all of the scenery, yeah. all day was gorgeous. We got to see sunrise and sunset almost every day. And I would always take my camera with me on the train and sneak over to the uh, the baggage car because everyone on the train, for the most part, is photographing through glass, like thick glass. So they can get pretty good photos, but nothing like when there's nothing between you and the the wilderness. So on my breaks, I would sneak into the baggage car, (laughs) open up the doors, and photograph the, uh, the wilderness, which... Oh, I just said the Sun podcast. Totally not supposed to do that. Got in so much <laughs> trouble on multiple occasions, uh, but got some really bomb photos out of it. Yeah. And from just like those experiences, the name or like the the hashtag Train Man stuck on on 
uh, Twitter at that point. That's fun, then, though. That's exciting. That's yeah, a good name for it. Yeah. When I needed a, like, a company name, I was like, well, I guess I'm the train man. You're the train man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is silly, because most of my photography these days has nothing to do with any trains <laughs> or, or anything of that. But it so. could. But it could. I'm, when I'll, I always get excited when I do get to do like a train-style project. Yeah. I'm like yes, or anytime I'm like photographing out on the on the L, like the red line, yeah, yeah, yeah. like this is the train man at work. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe Seattle will bring you some train. Yeah, photography. We'll see. I'll take like a train through the up through Canada to get to my homeland or something. Please, that'd be great. Oh, now I want to do that. I hope that exists. There. Thank you so much for being here. Till next time. Bye. I got some of my information from Imagine Spirit, Wikipedia, Adam Seltzer, an article on Marine Insight, and Smithsonian Magazine by Susan Q. Stranahan. Artwork for this podcast is from Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz, M-U-N-O-Z. And the music is by Tyre. Follow him on social media at For Boys Like Me. That's F O R Boys Like Me.